0: Blog Talk Radio. ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We're your hosts, Aaron and Matthew Miller. It's good to be with you again as we cover the arrest. This is part two of Actus Reis. So let's get Aaron's opening comment as we go farther. And as soon as he's done with his opening comments, we can just get straight away to this list of what the acts of the fallen are.
1: Were. Alright, uh, so, um, where we left off in the first part of Actus Reis is, um, what these entities did when they were here, and I think now we're gonna really be getting to the nitty gritties of this. The, um, the Book of Enoch doesn't come out in specifically say what exactly they were doing, so it kind of left us clues to, um, of where to look, and, um, I mean I guess we can find the same thing with the holy scriptures the um the perfect scriptures is that um is that it, with this issue it is it is very vague and I think um it's really open really open to our debates and interpretation and um and but I think Enoch was trying to um, kind of show what was evident, uh, what through evidence in his text of what they actually did, and it, and it so it's, it's giving us the resources where to look. So um so we have a so I cropped in a bunch of different um, instances in the Book of Enoch, and we're about so well Be going over them and uh, back to you. All right. Well, the
0: one verse that we covered in the first installment of this was just absolutely off the charts, uh, what was being inferred there in the text. Absolutely amazing. And now that people can take an actual look at this once they have your translation in hand. they just need to uh, brace for themselves, and the contents, everything that we're going on over here, is in, in chapter eight. Uh, we we're going to talk about oh my god, uh, all of the things that they were doing. So Aaron, let's get into it.
1: Well, um, I think we before we go into chapter eight, um, we were working on um, chapter seven in the previous episode, and I think. Um, it's really important to mention uh 7 verse 5 because um, we left off speaking about possible genetic engineering going on. So um we go, so I'll read 7 5 off the top. And they began to sin against the birds and the beasts and the reptiles and the fish and to devour each other's flesh and drink the blood. This is speaking of the, not the fallen themselves but they're giant sons and um as you can see um i'm not sure if we t- touched on this in Rea, but it seems evident that these angels themselves weren't really engaging in a lot of these things they were just teaching people how to do them and specifically their sons and we know how in the New- how in the old testament the giants are called they were and uh, which means in hebrew the healers and if everything that we touched on in the last broadcast is true that they were teaching them these things that um they were teaching them pharmaceuticals and such they wanted these their sons to be healers but if they also taught them this root cutting then genetic engineering is um really very clear here and um with this sinning against the birds and the beasts and the reptiles and the fish what what are your comments there well I have always stated this that when you look at
0: the just their sheer size this comes down to a matter of calories per day what would it take to actually be able to feed these giants Now, this verse right here, it brings it right out. Ladies and gentlemen, you you really have to come to grips with this. And uh, this goes hand in hand with their waste. You just don't understand the quantity uh, of waste you would be dealing with. But, of course, the, the prime thing you have to deal with is the calories themselves. You have to get enough calories. This verse states very plainly that they were uh, committing sins of bestiality and creating their own chimeras that had um, obviously angelic roots, and we know uh, dealing with the Ten Commandments, the rule of the fourth generation. So that seed would have been tainted for four generations out, but When the rubber really hits the road, you're talking about uh, how much calories would be in one brontosaurus. Let's just go to the big scale. Because no one understand this. Even one of these giants at three stories tall. Ladies and gentlemen, do the math. Just do the math. What about fresh water sources, ladies and gentlemen? In order for them to be sustained, it was just not possible without somehow getting a larger food source. Because literally in three days' time, they could devour a 100 head of cattle with no way to replenish that food source. And quickly... Uh, they would not only uh, not able to be sustained, but the human population would not be able to be sustained. In this dual problem, because, ladies and gentlemen, let's just talk about the bladder. A humanoid, three stories tall, would have a bladder the size of most swimming pools. Do you have any idea how quickly they could foul the fertile fields? It would get ugly, and it would get ugly in short order. They would be forced. Due to hunger, they would be driven to that point where they would just grab cows and eat them, not taking the time to get the blood out of them. They would become ravenous. This would make them... Psychopathic Uncontrollable It also says here that they even ate each other Right They. It even drove them to Fighting over food sources To the point That when they slew their brothers They would eat their brothers So ladies and gentlemen You need to understand That they, you and I Can waste away When we starve What makes you think an entity that is half angel is able to waste away? No, they would be driven to ravenous states uh, with this hunger. And this ties into other apocryphal books talking along those lines that now that they are in a spirit form, what we call demons, they are forever hungry. Would you like to elaborate on that text for just a minute, Aaron?
1: Because you and I have talked about that privately before. On what becomes of these spirits, um, Well, that's in chapter 15 of Enoch here, and I think we better read the whole thing in one shot. Very good. Go right ahead. All right. Um, So it, it begins with God speaking to Enoch and he says and it says and he answered and said to me O man of truth O man who is the scribe of truth he whose voice I have heard do not fear Enoch man of truth and scribe of truth come here and hear my voice depart and say to those who sent you you should be praying for man and not men for you. Because of this, you have abandoned the high, holy, and eternal heaven, and have slept with women, and have defiled yourselves with the daughters of men, and have taken for yourselves wives as the sons of earth do, and have conceived for yourselves children, and your sons are earthborn. And though you were holy, and were spirits who live eternally, you have defiled yourselves with the blood of women, and have fathered children through blood and flesh, and have lusted after the blood of men just as they do, and are, who are flesh and blood, who die and are destroyed. Because of this I gave them females, that they might impregnate them and bear for them children in this way, so that all their ways might not cease upon the earth. But you were one spirits who lived eternally and would not die throughout all the generations of the world. And because of this I did not, I did not make for you females, for as for the spirits of heaven, in heaven is their dwelling. And now, the earthborn, having been conceived by both spirit and flesh, shall be mighty spirits upon the earth, and on the earth shall be their dwelling. Evil spirits will rise out of their body, because they have been wrought from above, and out from the holy watchers is their origin of their creation, and their origin was desire. Therefore, they shall be called evil spirits as for the spirits of heaven in heaven shall be their dwelling and as for the spirits conceived upon the earth upon earth shall be their dwelling and the spirits of the earth-born shall be like clouds of injustice corrupting and oppressing and wounding and scattering those who are upon the earth so shall these vile spirits of the earth-born do and they shall continue their course and shall eat nothing but shall hunger and thirst and stumble And these spirits shall rise up against the sons of men and women, because they have come from them. And there you have it, Um,
0: ladies and gentlemen. uh, Now you have particular insight as to why you run across these entities, and they're quite – they can be quite psychotic. Uh, At times they're quite docile and willing to converse with you. At other times there is no reasoning with them. Now, they're quite psychotic, and that just come out. Because their hunger and their thirst continues after their death. And that's what they all are right now, is dead. And that hunger and thirst
1: continues. Aaron? You once told me that um, you have known um, that a lot of demon possessed people tend to be um, overweight. That is correct. They usually... uh,
0: over the course of time, we'll get heavier and heavier and have uncontrollable appetites. Um, this is well documented inside the church, but uh, of course they keep these things under the rug. There's no such things out in academia. But this has been grossly known uh, through the centuries,
1: Aaron. It's been well, grossly known. Um well, when you read about um some of the greatest serial killers in history is like um Jeffrey Dahmer and um Ted Bundy, they described that they were in a daze like state, like something like they went into another state. And if they were demonically possessed and they were serial murderers and rapists that could really that could really help us give us insight to what demonic possession really is is that um in, in serial killers such as that it, it really shows their insane desire to do something
0: well well Aaron we already touched on that you you just read it uh because you have to understand everything that that god stated Uh, He was very clear in this discourse uh, directed at the angels. Uh, You just have to realize everything that he he said and put it into its proper context. It was, he made himself perfectly clear uh, that this was driven by lust and earthly desires. Uh, You read it yourself, but you didn't quite catch it. Um, Let me read uh, verse 5. Because of this I gave them females. Now what's he talking about, ladies and gentlemen? He just described it to you. He just gave it to you, both barrels. Let's go back to verse 4. And though you were holy and you were spirits, i.e., they were angels who live eternally. Eternally, you have defiled yourselves with the blood of women and you have fathered children through the blood and flesh and have lusted after the blood of men just as they do who are flesh and blood and who die and are destroyed on to verse 5 now because of this I gave them females that they might impregnate them and bear for them children in this way so that all their ways not cease upon the earth, but you were once spirits who lived eternally and would not die throughout all the generations of the world. And because of this, I did not make for you females, as for the spirits of heaven, in heaven is their dwelling. Now, the this earth goes. Now, wait goes. a minute, let me finish. And now the earthborn, having been conceived by both spirit and flesh shall be mighty spirits upon the earth, and on the earth shall be their dwelling. He goes on to continue the discourse that this lust is permeated in these evil spirits. Thus you get rapists that are serial killers. It usually goes hand in hand, Aaron, and he did come out and tell you he just used five or six different verses to relay the thought.
1: Well, as we as, as we read about them drinking blood, I wonder if that's why some of them are driven to kill. That's one thing. And another thing might be rage, I think, and hatred.
0: Well, mingled with being ravenous. Like I said, there, there's times they can be quite docile. Um, overtly perfect IQs, and in other times they're quite psychotic that you can't you can't reason with them at all.
1: Well, um, we know that people um, some a lot of the serial killers ate their victims, and another thing like ten, Ted Bundy he bit his victims. So um, that's another thing.
0: Yes, but let's get back to the text before we run out of time. We're already 20 minutes into it.
1: So let's get back to the text, shall we? Well, uh, when you are reading about the, the embarrass- humans having females, but God didn't give them females, this has led to a lot of controversy about if Genesis 6 is actually talking about angels or people. And they say, they, they all go back to Matthew chapter 22 verse 30. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage. They are of of the angels of God in heaven. So they, most people reject this, that the angels had children or or could marry. But if, if you read this text, right, this text that we have before us, it, it, it's not saying that it's impossible but it says they are not given in marriage and, and and that goes back to where when when Christ said uh, as in the days before the flood people they were giving taking and giving in marriage
0: and more importantly when referencing those of the first resurrection uh they're actually doing the job of angels in the kingdom of heaven so but uh, enough of that um, I could get into a long discourse about that But that's exactly how those of the first resurrection operate uh, No doubt about it, they have dominion They've been given the dominion of the angels <clears throat> And they run this planet, literally So, But yes, uh, that definitely ties into this And of course we have Jude that comes right out And tells you that they clothed themselves uh, in flesh and yada, yada, yada. So we don't need to really discuss Genesis chapter 6 and the lies uh, that the church propagates about it being not angels when it clearly is because, well, Jude says that it is. Um, they committed the sin uh, exactly uh, giving you the perfect representation of what happened in Sodom and Gabor. They they found a catch-22. Instead of taking the women in marriage, they allowed the women to rape them. That's That's why the entire townsfolk in Genesis 18 and 19, every man, woman, and child wanted to rape those angels to produce these earthborn on their behalf. Um, So, we better get back to Actus Reus, Aaron.
1: Alright, so as, as we really get into what they were doing, what did they want? What were they really... And um, so... Um, before I get any further, um, in, uh, Enoch chapter six versus, uh, Enoch chapter nine, verses six to 10, um, the archangels, when bringing their petition to God, they, um, explain what Isabel has done. And it says, you see what Azael has done, who has taught all ways of unrighteousness upon the earth and it has revealed the se- eternal secrets of heaven so that enough of it has become known to man and samyaga who has given the authority to rule to who has given the authority to him to rule with him being together and they have gone forth to the daughters of the men of the earth and they have slept with them and have defiled themselves and have revealed to them all kinds of sin and the women have conceived titans by which, by which has all the earth been filled with blood and sin. And now, behold, the dying souls are crying out and pleading into the gates of heaven, and their groaning ascends and are not able to stop because of the presence of, unlaw- of lawlessness being upon, being committed upon the earth. So, um, notice the key words here, okay? It says, first, they taught all ways of unrighteousness, have returned, revealed the eternal secrets. Then it says they went to the daughters of men, slept with them, and defiled themselves, and have revealed to them all kinds of sin. But I, I think this is the most important word in chapter in verse ten. It says it calls it lawlessness, and I think. I'm going to move on to chapter 16, verse 3, and it says, "Say to them, you were once in heaven, and no mystery was not was not revealed to you, and the mystery from God was made known to you. So you have shown this to the women in your hard heartedness, and though, and through this mystery, and the females and the men have multiplied the evil upon the earth." And when we go to um, chapter 8, uh, we really get to what these angels were really doing, what they were really teaching. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and read the whole chapter, and I, and I hope something really sticks out to you. And I've alluded to it in other broadcasts. Okay, and it says, And Aziel taught mankind to make swords and weapons and shields and breastplates, the teachings of the angels and submitted them metals and their crafts, and bracelets, and decorations, and antimony, and how to make themselves beautiful to behold, and taught them all precious stones and dye. And there arose much ungodliness, and they acted immorally and seduced, and, and became corrupt in all their ways. Semyaza taught enchantments and brute cutting, armoros, breaking enchantments, astrology, Kalkariel, the celestial simology, Sab- Saviel, astroscopy, therial the ways of the moon, and then it ends with, and as men perish, their cry ascended to heaven. So, a lot of these things have got
0: nothing to do with, well, magic. Uh, now, I find it interesting that right from the get-go, we have the making of weapons, and that's one of the things that I wanted to bring out was that uh, that word there that you used for weapons is quite uh, interesting to me. Because when we take a look at that in the New Testament, that word is used for the tearing down of strongholds, that same exact word there, and that makes it quite curious. It is <clears throat> G3696, and it is used in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, uh, for the weapons of our war- warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of... Or the demolition of strongholds. So, right there you get the idea that, uh, well, I think a better translation might be implements. Because it obviously means tools used for the demolition of, uh, well, as, as it's put there, strongholds or fortresses. So... Your thoughts on that first list and, and and why this particular angels were doing what is contained in that verse alone.
1: In the first verse, uh, Aziel is specifically described, okay? And as formerly, it was talking all about Semyaz and what he did. But I think the fall was always under the mastermind of Aziel or Azazel as he is now um, he taught the ways of, um, destruction and death. As as you read there, the two things he basically taught was war and seduction, okay? War as in teaching how to make weapons, how to make armor, and then how to, um, make yourself beautiful, okay? And, um, that's something that really sticks out about this Azil character, as you but then when you move on to the next one, they have some uh, a lot more simple things, like teaching enchantments and root cutting, taught astrology semiology, and on and on. Those things are not necessarily negative, okay they were basically just teaching um simple. You know, not simple, but um, I don't know. I struggle to find the right word, but not specifically negative. But I think Aziel's intent is very clear as a part of the from the other angels, and I think they the other angels had possibly a positive intent in mind, but were led astray to sin and by um, the wiles of Aziel himself, and and with. It, with the things that he talked about, taught about these implements, um, oh, and the use of metal, I, I always thought this tied back to Tubal in Genesis chapter 4, verse 22, um, and it says, As for Zilla, she also gave birth to Tubal the so- the forger of all implements of bronze and iron. And the sim- sister of Tubal was Nama, and I think, um, this, that, um the jews always associated this specific family to these angels as we know nama w- within um legend and, and so were, was said to be have been the woman who, the woman who specifically seduced um semyaza and Azale. um and perhaps this specific woman their connection to her also brought their connection to this tubal Cain, who, uh, Aziel, obviously, um, taught him how to make his implements probably, possibly, for a war.
0: Which a war would only be in exercising dominion over somebody else's region they'd been assigned to. So, you know, this, this brings up the other list that seems to be Well, as you pointed out not necessarily bad let's take a look at verse 5 now that particular verse unfortunately comes up in Isaiah 47 again and we just talked about that on the last program Uh, the simple fact that this is talking about you know uh, the virgin daughter of Babylon and here we have this word for uh Let's see here. You translated it astrology. Uh, It's right here in Isaiah chapter 47, verse 13. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let thy astrologers and stargazers, the monthly procrastinators, stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. So here we have a targeted verse against Exactly what these particular angels were teaching And that's enough to blow you away When you look at the text itself Now uh, I find that rather interesting uh, That they were teaching uh, these things And is this how they were going to plan their warfare I.e. they would know uh, what particular season to do it in and when that would be permitted um, And where did you find uh, Did you find any other links to scripture With this particular list Because I find it pretty I find it pretty important That we have here Almost three right in a row We have astrology Celestial somology And astro, um Astroscopy, I guess um, And I want you to talk a little bit About that, because I'm not quite sure What that is, and then verse 8 The ways of the moon So, do you think they were Teaching uh, The best time to Plan their warfare Or were they going beyond that Of course it would be the perfect time To plant your seeds Because you don't know if, if you know Rains were going to come or frost was going to come too early So your thoughts on that
1: I really think that they, that all the other of these princes had that, the notion that they wanted to teach things such as, um, such as when to plant your food. I, I think, I think what's, what's really clear here is that Azale was always the one who had a negative, a negative plan and I think he was really alluding to that and, um, brought his own rebellion against heaven eventually um as something i i hope to touch on in the future that um and then you mentioned something about astroscopy it, it means literally to observe the observe the stars
0: so that would play into uh this being a positive side of the connotations uh they would be able to teach Uh, when exactly was the perfect day uh, according to the signs because like I said um, everyone is fully aware what happens if you plant your crops because you're having good weather this week and you want to get them in the ground as early as possible and when they sprout you get a frost and it'll nuke your entire crop so this can be tied into that and they could be using these uh, on the positive way because Well you would know You'd be able to tell When your enemy was planning to attack you And thus defend yourselves From them So I'm going to have to Agree with you um, That That's that's the Way this seems to be pointing to Can you talk about uh, Verse 8 And the ways
1: of the moon What is that exactly in Greek well, it's actually a compound word. I mean, it's selene agobias, Um and it means um the first one, the ways the actually the end is um it's actually at the end of this um this word in Greek, but best translated in English as this. And it, it means to lead or carry or a session. So, what's your thoughts on that? Why? Uh, so,
0: you think that means that the position of the moon, because it is five degrees off the Earth's equator, and uh, we're directly on the ecliptic. We're we're zero degrees on our ecliptic. So, you think it was uh, he was doing that, or did was it piercing to include being able to predict? both lunar and solar
1: eclipses. What's your thoughts? Well, with this... with this serial specifically... um, Let's consider what the moon does to anything, okay? We know that the word lunatic comes from... it means to be influenced by the moon. This is actually used in the scriptures pertaining to... Uh, demonically possessed boy it calls him a lunatic Um, so that being said I I don't think necessarily it was talking about how humans react but but most fishers know that fish are best for catching a certain uh, phase of the moon specifically the full moon that's your best hope to catch anything
0: so, you think that this was uh a part of the uh what people call astrology uh setting up the best times to do certain things and I agree with you i don't I don't think that these were overtly negative, but what they were trying to do was whichever group of people they were with. They were obviously getting them to excel in supernatural ways outside of what was normal, outside of what God designed. Because if you had supernatural information because you knew the ways of the moon and you knew that uh, today was going to be a supermoon, the the moon was going to be at its closest approach to the earth, uh, that might trigger a frost. I mean we have... Literally no idea. This is angelic information. So literally um, we have with the first angel mentioned the warfare and seduction. Now of course we know one of the prime examples of seduction used was with the two spies. We know that Rahab survived because that's what she was doing. And you need to Put that into the equation. Of course, we have the infamous Cleopatra and Mark Antony. Uh, Clearly, um, Cleopatra was able to seduce uh, Mark Antony and sway uh, the entire Roman Empire. No doubt about that. That's just a matter of historical fact. So... It looked like that the first and foremost angel, he taught the warfare and the seduction, uh, which led to much corruption. So he was finding a way they could exercise dominion over uh, their neighbors and thus create an empire on the ground. And the rest of the angels was giving them supernatural information how they might prosper beyond what was normal. And thus, uh, supernaturally, uh, be able to create the groundwork for a mighty kingdom. That's what it looks like to me. And I find it very interesting that we did talk about this enchantment in the last episode. And the simple fact that this is, well, its root is ode and can mean Chant but why don't you talk about verse 4 because that angel he taught to break them what's your thoughts on that what's your what's your
1: feelings on that well this angel specifically armaros is a very mysterious entity within the book of enoch um as you can see in in um in chapter 6 his name is in the Greek his name is spelled Ereiros. And then in the in the um uh, Aramaic uh fragments of the Book of Enoch it says Hermoni, as in uh Hermon, the Mount Her- Mount Hermon where these angels descended. But outside of this text there's another Greek text of this. I don't know if um it, it says uh it's um the fragments of georgius symphilos in his chronographia and um it's he spells it this way in a very peculiar manner he spells it pharmaros and i always it always just shocked me what was he possibly trying to guide us to pharmacia and we know, as as we touched in the last episode, pharmakia was is the um, Greek form of the scapegoat ritual.
0: That's right, it is. So you're saying that this translation that you have here, this could be a pet name, m- much like they do mine. Uh, most people that are named Matthew, it's shortened to Matt. So, you're saying that that
1: is what's at play here? I'm not even sure. It seems like there's so many different ways this name is interpreted, and that's why he's so mysterious within this text. Um, and even, and even, even the Ethiopic translations don't agree with what the Aramaic says is harmonious. It always goes with this armorous form. But, so whoever this guy is, he played a very important role. And he says here that he broke the enchantment. Semyava, the um who was originally the highest leader, says that he taught he taught enchantment and how to uh, and, and this root cutting. So he taught how to do this, but this arm rope taught how to break those enchantments. So as to um like if somebody cursed you he could undo it. He could undo that curse.
0: Which, boy, that throws everything into uh, into confusion, don't it? Because uh, the church teaches that you can't curse somebody. Um, that just throws everything right out the window. Uh, let's talk about verse 6 for a minute. Uh, celestial Symology, uh, this word that you have here translated, is in the Bible, and more importantly, it's in the... New Testament, no less than three verses. Um, Mark chapter 16, verse 20, And they went forth and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. It actually includes the word amen. Uh, John chapter 2, verse 11, This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him, Romans chapter fifteen and verse nineteen. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about into Iconium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Your your thoughts on this particular word here and uh, your translation of it.
1: Well semiology i i added celestial here okay because this angel specifically is uh, cocarial um this is actually a degraded form of Kokabiel. it should be cocabial um and Kokabiel goes straight to isaiah chapter 14 where it says i will raise my throne of, above the stars of god that is um Isaiah chapter fourteen verse thirteen. If you look into the Hebrew text, it takes the name apart into Kokabi L but his name is literally here. Okay? I will read the verse um I'll actually read the entire part um here specifically talking about this of this fall, okay? Verses uh twelve to uh fourteen, okay? And it says Oh, you have, how you have fallen from heaven. Oh, Halel, son of the dawn. You have cut down, been cut down to the earth. You who have weakened the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and will make myself like the most high. So, with all these things in consideration, this uh, this uh, claim that this this angel, this Halel, who I believed is who I believe is Azael and Azazel, the same entity all in one, um, he, where he's making this proclamation that he that he ambitiously wants to take it uh, take up a, a place in heaven, but before we go there. I want to touch on what you said why 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 you think I translated it into celestial semiology no um i i oh I, I put celestial in italics because that word is not present but the name of cocabriel means the star of god so that's why i believe it means that's the semiology he was talking about
0: and it's it's pretty obvious from that word uh G4649 That's exactly (laughs) What he was talking about So I completely agree with you I just wanted uh, your clarification On that That it takes looking into the text Completely In order to come up with some of your Translation here you have to know The etymology The roots of the word As you've exemplified here twice So Let's, let's read it, this last verse. And as men perished. Now, Aaron, it's saying that because they taught all of these things, men was perishing. And like I said, this to me has everything to do with providing men supernatural ways to exercise dominion over their neighbors. Literally, what you have these angels doing is trying to create a, well, for a better use, a type of chosen people. These people that they uh, took up residence with, much like in Sodom and Gomorrah before God nuked it, these angels had came uh, to a particular group of people so that they could exercise dominion over their neighbors, thus creating
1: a chosen people. Well, yes, and, um, as we touched in a later, in a, um, former broadcast, we talked about how these, how that maybe they wanted these, the, their children, these, uh, Nephilim to be their messiahs. And, um, who was Jesus Christ? That he was the king of the Jews. He was the king, that's, he will have his throne in Jerusalem. And we know that God's people are specifically is, the Israelites. So, um, uh, with all that being said, what if these angels want to what, what is a messiah without his people?
0: Exactly, I agree. And, you know, what What catches my attention in the next chapter is the reason why, uh, well, God got involved. Uh, and I take note uh, who it was. Um, the, of course, they call them the four major angels. But it says that they uh, stooped down, and from heaven they saw much blood shed upon the earth now it's here it wasn't from heaven but when they stooped down they saw and then it said they heard the cries of the earth has reached the gates of heaven and it says verse 3 the souls of men plead saying bring our accusation before the most high this was the triggering event
1: Just as, um, in the last days of Revelation, as shown in Revelation, the, um, the, um, the fifth seal speaks about this intercession where, um, the martyrs are pleading for God, for God's interaction of the evil that is being done to their, to the Christians. And that's something, and it's, Something that's really reflected here, that same thing, as we know in that intercession where God, in that seal being broken, that intercession, God says, wait a little time longer. Then, the sixth seal, when that is broken, then the real tribulation begins. That's when God steps in. And we know that's exactly what happened in this case. Yes, exactly.
0: He stepped in and took care of it with the flood. Now the whole problem there being is God promised not to do it with the flood again. Which is truly the reason why Oh my goodness, Aaron. It's going to get ugly in the tribulation. It's going to get ugly. Um, But I thought it pertinent that we bring that out, that that is exactly what happens with the Fist seal event. Uh, there is a cry uh, that goes out, and it's answered by God himself. So Aaron, your are closing comments on what it was they taught and the reason for them teaching these particular things, because they could have taught anything, but yet it seems to me… Their goal was to set up residence with a particular kingdom here. Um, at that time, it would have been tribes, but they were trying to instigate empires. They were going to take residence up with a certain particular group of people, give them supernatural knowledge so that they would get supernatural increase with crops and and if plague uh, struck. Uh, They would be able to be healed, uh, whereas the neighboring uh, peoples, the neighboring countries, not be able to do so. And then they would have their children operate as these messiahs. So literally they were trying to create from the ground up, hence the term earthborn, from the ground up a chosen people. I find that absolutely off the charts. Do you agree uh, with the
1: way I see it, or not? What's what's your view of it? Yes, I agree that 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 um, that it, it was a dominion thing. Um, they they wanted to they wanted to make themselves gods. They wanted to make their children demigods, and um, this ended up turning into war and eventually destruction. So um because, well as we, as we also touched in the former broadcast, that they, there, if there is one, if there's more than one Messiah, there's going to be a battle of these false Messiahs over each other. Because, and it comes right down to it, who is the Messiah? There was indefinitely going to be war. This is, this is war that is, Literally shown in in um most if not all other religions were in other religions and mythologies where aim where different gods are fighting against each other. This is specifically shown in uh, Greek mythology where these where their gods keep fighting over each other. Okay, because if you become godless, it's only a, you only have so much power. You know. So, um, if you have one so-called god contending against the other, there's only going to be war and battle ensuing.
0: So, yeah, that would be interesting if each of these angels had taken up residence in different places and they were planning on hopscotching. But I understand exactly what you're talking about. Uh, You know, let's say uh, when the Assyrians uh, conquered Babylon... Uh, they were absorbed, and they also conquered the Chaldeans. And here you have these – now, let me make myself clear. We know that the Chaldeans <laughs> had specific, uh, shall we say, preternormal information of the heavens. I mean, that's where we get all of our constellations, point blank. And we know that the Babylonians had their particular strong points – so, but we know that that could not continue. Eventually, these these subportions of any empire begin to war with each other. That's inevitable. But before that was permitted, they were not even permitted to create this empire, and God brought it down with a flood. But that's exactly what Satan allows them to do. When he puts his hands behind his back and passes over his authority to the scapegoat. This is exactly what they're... And you see that right from the get-go. They make everybody line up and take their mark. And we have, at long last, a one world order. With these monsters as the heads. And literally... All the people will, well, they'll get what they want, won't they, Aaron? They'll get what they want. I mean, it's really what they want. So, uh, this magnifies the verses in the Bible talking about, you know, those who go after uh, signs and wonders, they're going to get their signs and wonders all right, full throttle, uh, with no abating. And these monsters are going to do with them Whatever they want And they just cannot Understand You know just like the children Of Israel when they cried out for a king Give us a king, give us a king, give us a king God said "All right, I'll give you a king He'll even stand a head Above the rest And I'll take him And shove him down your throat And you'll wish you never had a king So it's chilling to think that all of these Things are literally direct Directly pointing To what it's really Going to be like During the tribulation So Aaron your closing comments And your goodbyes please Well
1: once again if Any of you have questions about uh, Verses we, we Failed to um, uh, cite, um Please ask us About it and we'll get those for you if we ever miss anything, okay? Um, so, yeah, God bless. Until uh, next time. Christian Conspiracy Theory, signing off.